Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. So the plan this morning, Bulls odds, Bulls futures, NBA futures. Let's see if we can cash a big ticket like we did last year with our guest Rick Camp. So we're going to cover the NBA in one segment. Next segment, we'll talk about week seven NFL favorite plays of the week. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score we bring on Rick Camp. He told you last year, bet Jokic at 36 to 1. We did it. We cashed. It was fun, even though all season long people said Jokic was not going to win. He came through in the end. He's now the executive producer of Bernstein and Rahimi, 9 a.m. to noon, weekdays, right here on Sports Radio 670. The score. That's not it, folks. Busy man. Sometimes he's doing Bulls radio post game here on the score and NBA player props write-ups for four for four.com. He's on Twitter at Rick C camp. Rick, how does it feel to have the association back in your life every day? It's going to be so hectic, but so awesome. I like just having the first big slate on Wednesday was so nice to just be able to pull up the score page and just on any website and just have double digit games on the board. You have LaMelo ball going off. I mean, you have blowouts, you have close games. You have the first bulls game coming down to a basket, getting waved off of if the bulls are covering or not, which was crazy in and of itself. I'm so here for it. I have way too many future bets already. I'm pumped, man. I I love like, this is like October's the best. No such thing as way too many future bets because I know some of them are going to be some good sweats. We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. A Bulls third game of the season tonight against an opponent. We've already seen them matched up against. And it seems like the popular bet that a lot of people are talking about is one that is posted year round. It's Bulls to make the playoffs because that would be an incredible accomplishment over at points. bet. yes, is a heavy favorite at minus 180. Most sites have the Bulls as a favorite for that eight seed. So that's the expectation now. If you're not making that, that's a huge disappointment. My advice throughout, once that schedule was first posted, I said, guys, you're going to want to wait a little bit. I understand if you want to put some money down, the Bulls make the postseason, and they should be there. However, we see a soft start early on, but it's not soft in November. We've got Utah, Golden State, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, Denver, Boston, Philly twice, Brooklyn, the who's who of the NBA. So while they're still figuring things out, I say give them a month. And around Thanksgiving, if you want to bet Bulls to make the playoffs, if they rack up some losses, uh, that's okay because that's probably supposed to happen as they're figuring things out. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that 
that is a a hell of a stretch. It's like four games to really kind of figure out all the all this new personnel and try and get some of the rotations tightened up and get guys used to each other's tendencies. And then that gauntlet, the 13 games in a row against playoff teams from last season. So yeah, I do think the Bulls are very likely to end up as the seven or eight seed. You know, yes, be in the play-in, but at least have those two opportunities to move on to the standard eight-team playoff and be able to cash that with it a minus one eighty at points, but not really any value at the moment. And that's something that like I've been trying to get a little bit better at is looking at the schedule, having some foresight with some of these futures and realize just because I want to bet it right now doesn't mean I have to bet it right now. Mm -hmm. And there might be a more advantageous time on the calendar to double back and check on something and see if those odds are, you know, a little bit more in our favor, even if it's going really as you would have planned, you know, in terms of wins and losses. I'd say Bulls fans are excited. They're the most popular bet at points bet to win the Central Division at plus 900. The most popular wager for the Eastern Conference <laughs> at 30 to 1. People like so, to donate money, apparently. <laughs> I, I almost got through that without laughing. Um, did you make any Bulls wagers? Not games, just season-long stuff, win total, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, coach of the year, dabble on MVP, long shot for Levine. Did you do anything? I have not as of yet. The one that's in, that I got closest on was actually Levine most improved just because of, okay, now he might be able to focus a little more on defense, you know, become a little bit more of a two-way player while also rounding out some of his playmaking while not having to carry as much of the load overall. I haven't touched that yet. Win total, didn't want to touch it. I felt like where they are in the seedings is about right. And I was hoping, I was looking at Billy Donovan as well, and but he is one of the favorites pretty much everywhere you look. So yeah. I just didn't see any value right away now one thing that i did like points bet had offered preseason that i don't think is offered anymore but is an intriguing one to look at for you know for future years as you're looking at things or if it's opened up again throughout the season is to make the all nba teams that one could be interesting Uh, for zach levine if he continues to make you know take another step as we've seen and just improve with the bulls being on a higher profile this year, being a more successful team, that could be something interesting to look at. But at the moment, nothing season long on the Bulls. I do love it. We've seen it in the NFL season, and we're going to see it this season with the NBA. More and more markets available, and not just before the year gets going, but on a regular basis. Before, we didn't have the opportunity to bet NFL win totals on a weekly basis, playing the schedule, and now there's that opportunity. Um, So I, I love it. More and more stuff to bet on. All right, we'll go over MVP, Coach of the Year, some of the awards that I love to bet on where you can actually find some value. It's tough to find value in the NBA when we're talking about championships mm-hmm. because uh, the, the teams to come out of the conference to win the title in the end, cut down the nets, it's usually you know four or five teams that have a legit chance. Did you do anything with title odds? I haven't done anything title odds-wise yet. As I look at the odds, at the moment at points, but Milwaukee eight to one, the third favorite is kind of intriguing to me for the title, because I really think Brooklyn and Milwaukee are head and shoulders above the rest of the league. I don't trust the Lakers. I don't like the fit for once we get to the playoffs with Russell Westbrook and then just the mix of guys that they have. So for me, it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee and everybody else. So 
looking at Brooklyn being plus 240, the Lakers plus 350, and then Milwaukee plus 800, I kind of like some of that value, and I might give it another week just to, you know, just make sure that everything seems fine with the Milwaukee Bucks, but I'm definitely going to be monitoring that one. If you look more towards someone else, just trying to find some sort of high ceiling team, mm-hmm. and you're going to laugh at me when I say this, because I bring them up in some way, shape, or form every year. Is it Portland or Denver? Which one? I'm insulted you didn't mention Utah either, because that always seems like oh, one of them too. That's but, fine. That's no, fine. Oh, no. It's it's Denver because of the fact that Jamal Murray will be coming back at some point. So when Jamal Murray comes back, Matt Moore, the Action Network, has mentioned that he's heard it could even be before March that Jamal Murray comes back because of just like how much of a workout fiend he is and the progress he's already made. So if you're telling me Jamal Murray gets over a month before the playoffs to try and get himself in shape and obviously won't be playing every one of those games, but just get to a representable percentage of Jamal Murray along with what Jokic can do. If the injury bug stays away from them more than it did last year, having a guy like Will Barton back, having some just some more of their depth in the guard rotation back this year to where you're not trusting Faku Kambazo and Austin Rivers to start for you every game in the playoffs. I think Denver could be a team in kind of a jumbled up Western conference that could have a high ceiling outcome because people will say, well, what about the Warriors? The Warriors are already the second favorite in the Western conference, even though they really haven't proven it yet. So if I'm going to take someone and try and get a little bit of value, it's probably Denver is my dart throw. Uh, Rick, don't swear at me ever again, live on radio, just acting like you're just saying Compazzo's first name there. I mean, oh, I on. know right? there are families listening. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's roll through these awards. Okay. Oh, so if you have a pen, paper nearby, notes app on the phone, you're going to want to listen. So as I mentioned, Rick nailed the Jokic handicap a year ago at 36 to one. So let's start with the MVP right now at points, bet we have co-favorites Luca and Giannis plus 450. Steph is the third favorite at plus 700 Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant, both plus 800. Uh, where should we focus? I'm actually kind of going the opposite approach of last year and the opposite approach of most of the other awards for me. Most of the time preseason, I try and find the long shot value. But with MVP, I feel like we might just be overthinking it. So I have shares of Durant and Giannis. Uh, I found Durant plus 800 at points bet. I was able to find Giannis plus 800 as well. So that's where I have my MVP shares at the moment. I'm trying to not overthink it. I really think with the amount of viable candidates that have already won the award, I do not think we're going to get a first time winner. I mean, I understand Luka Doncic is in a fantastic player, but what about that team around him makes you think they're going to be that much better to where even if his stats improve, but the team record doesn't end up a ton better. Why would he win it when you're going to have at least one of someone like Durant, Giannis or Steph Curry, if you want to throw him in there as well, that's won the award before that's going to be on a team that wins significantly more games than, than Dallas. I'm actually not that big on Dallas overall. I think they are a little overrated because while I love Luca as a player, I just don't like much else on that team right now. And they didn't really do a whole lot to try and help Luca Doncic this off season anyway. So that's why for now, I look at Durant and Giannis, figure they're going to get off to good starts. 
And I don't know if we're ever going to see 800 again on either of them. Obviously, points bet for Giannis already down to 450. So those are the two that I jumped on early. And, you know, depending on how the season starts, I'm always willing to pivot and add to the portfolio a little bit. Want to get your thoughts on two names a little bit further down on the board so there's a little bit more value. Uh, There was a time last NBA season, LeBron seemed like a lock to be the MVP. And maybe Harden should have been getting more publicity, but he wasn't. Some voters mad that he forced his way out of Houston, wasn't getting enough credit for what he was accomplishing with the Nets. LeBron and Harden are both 16 to 1. Both of those teams are going to have very high seeds in their respective conferences. Are those players considerations for you? I did think about both of them. I do think Harden, if he's going to, if he stays healthy, is going to put up some ridiculous numbers. So that's actually the only reason I didn't stick with just Durant shares for MVP to start the season, because I think Harden's going to play incredibly well too. So maybe they chop a little bit of the vote for each other. So that's why I got involved on Giannis, but I just don't trust the mix with the Lakers. I think with having Russell Westbrook, that's also partially to give LeBron some extra nights off or have him be playing, but just not do as much of the ball handling, not as much of the playmaking as he normally does. I think they're really managing him because we have to remember as great as he is, he is at a little bit of an older age and clearly the Lakers are cognizant of that as well. So I don't think he's going to put up such crazy numbers to make up for probably some of the games he's going to miss outside of any injuries he might incur. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score discussing NBA futures with our guy Rick Camp, EP of Bernstein and Rahimi. Here on Bulls Radio postgame, writes up NBA player props as well. He's all over that every single day. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Rick C. Camp, at Rick C. Camp. We'll get to the NFL coming up in a bit. Uh, let's handle some more of these awards. A lot of fun. I love betting the coach of the year. I never thought Tibbs was going to win it because there is a profile, right? When you, when you look at the coach of the year mm-hmm. and when you see teams exceed expectations, I think coach of the year NFL, that's how they hand out that award. Usually have to have a much higher winning percentage than what the Knicks had, but there are different rules when it comes to the New York media. So that's a big reason that Tom Thibodeau won his second coach of the year last season. Top of the board over at points bet. Steve Nash is your favorite at plus 800. Eric Spolstra comes in second. Quinn Snyder and Steve Kerr, third favorites. Billy Donovan, the fifth favorite, along with Monty Williams. Where are we going for coach of the year? So the only coach that I have any shares of right now is down the board a little bit. And it's right. actually another one. Another example of team that's bad that that won't get to great numbers, but if they get up to good, it's going to be a real sign of how much progress they've made. And that's Chris Finch of Minnesota, because once he took over and was able to establish a little bit of what he wanted last season, Minnesota started playing a little bit better. They were so far behind by the time he took over that it really didn't matter that much. They dealt with a lot of injuries, but with what seems like a refocused Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards already showing signs of taking another step. Some of the role players that they have on that team that are really intriguing, like Jaden McDaniels, if they're able to even get into the middle of the play-in, I think that would be viewed as a monumental success for them. Currently at points bet, 33 to one. I was able to find him at 40 to one. 
Ooh. So, so I, I love that opportunity on Chris Finch still like it at 33 to one, because as you look at the Western conference, it seems like there are eight or nine teams. And then there is just that last play in spot is just wide open for somebody. And the most likely teams that get spoken about are Sacramento, maybe San Antonio, just as respect to Greg Popovich and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So if Minnesota is able to get a couple games above 500, with this group, show some real improvement. I think Chris Finch has a realistic shot to be closer to that Tom Thibodeau type of example without the media market as much, but you also have the narrative of everything Carl Anthony Towns has gone through the last couple of years. So if it's not necessarily him for all NBA or for MVP or anything like that, maybe the way they're able to reward the Timberwolves is by giving Chris Finch coach of the year. Rick defensive player of the year award. What really pops to me is they don't care about fatigue when it comes to this award and six man too. They don't worry about that coach of the year MVP there's fatigue, but some of these other awards, they don't really care about it. Rudy Gobert won for the third time last season. I think part of it's because a lot of the media doesn't want to care that much about defense. True. So that's definitely part of it. Also, it's just that Utah has been so successful and they don't have a ton of great defensive personnel. So it's really Gobert is there to make up for a lot of the sins of the other perimeter players on Utah. He is that good. So I think you could attack it one of two ways. You could either just take a long shot for now and figure Rudy Gobert's odds can't go too far anyway, plus 300 at points bet, that maybe you can just add him at some point later, just you know, to get through maybe the first month or so, just assuming he doesn't get injured or anything like that. Or you take go bear to start and someone a little further down the board. And the person that is that I have my shares in, I am really surprised he's as far down the board as he is now at points bet. He's 20 to one. I found him at 33 to one and it's Draymond green because once again, they don't, you know, not as much care about the fatigue when it comes to defensive player of the year, Draymond's only won that award once, but for all the talk about the warriors being one of the best teams in the West, They don't have great defensive personnel. Clay Thompson's been their next best defender, but he's coming off of not playing for two and a half years. So who knows what his lateral quickness is going to be like. And Draymond Green has a lot of people that really appreciate his game in the media to where Mm -hmm. finding him at even 20 to one, like it is right now at points. But I think there's value on that because if the Warriors are going to be a top two, three, four seed out West, he's going to have to be fantastic defensively for them to be able to hold up on that end. So Does everything make sense in terms of win expectations, in terms of win total, in terms of title odds? If those things are true, Draymond has to be fantastic defensively. Love the number. Love the angles. That makes a ton of sense to me. So we were just talking about an award that a jazz player won a season ago. Let's do another award with a jazz player. Why can't we be talking about Quinn Snyder? Remember when he was the favorite and I had that 25 to 1 ticket? Yes, I do. That was fun. (laughs) He was a heavy favorite. <laughs> oh, it's just got to finish up the season. Here comes Tibbs charging a six man of the year. Jordan Clarkson, your winner a season ago. Where are we going, Rick? So this market's changed quite a bit since the preseason started with Tyler Hero playing really well. Jordan Poole playing really well in Golden State. I'm going hometown flavor. I'm going Derek Rose plus 1600 because he's going to get some inflated numbers for a sixth man for when Kemba Walker sits, he'll probably be the one that starts. So he'll get a few extra minutes. 
He's still going to play a good amount of games because, you know, he's playing for Tibbs and he's going to be trusted in every opportunity and he'll get that New York market bump. So if the Knicks are even solid again, there's going to be a want to reward the Knicks. And I think Derek's probably the best way to do that because Julius Randle's established. I don't think RJ Barrett's really going to be involved for most improved. They don't have an MVP candidate or anything like that. So Derek Rose being one of the best six men in the league makes a whole lot of sense to me. And as we saw in the playoffs, when it comes to crunch time, Derek is a necessary piece for the Knicks. Bet this one even before you told me that uh, you were in on Rose at 16 to one. When you said hometown flavor, I thought you were going to sell me an Alex Caruso at 33 to one. No, no. Huh? No, okay. no, a lot no. of excitement this year. He's going to be a very popular player. I, I love watching that guy play defense, but defense yeah. doesn't win you sixth man of the year. Most improved player goes to Julius Randle a year ago. It, it was the first time when I was checking the odds on this, doing BetQL daily on a regular basis, and the numbers would shift all over the place from day to day, from week to week. I, I remember midseason, you could find Julius Randle at 50 to 1. He ends up being your winner. Where are we going in the first week on most improved player? I've got two long shots on this one. One of them is a little concerning just because it's enough of a long shot that points bet doesn't have him on the board at the moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll make it's, a request. Let me yeah. know. DeAndre Hunter of the Atlanta Hawks. I mentioned before that I'm high on the Atlanta Hawks. I found Hunter at 65 to one and DeAndre Hunter before he got hurt last year was averaging 33 minutes a game, 17.9 points, five and a half rebounds, just over two assists, 51, 38, 88 in terms of his shooting percentages. That was only in 17 games. And he was really, that was before John Collins had solidified himself, pretty much the second offensive option for Atlanta. And now with early season injury, you know, Danilo Gallinari is going to miss a lot of time. He's someone that slipped into some of those minutes that would have gone to Hunter that, you know, Gallo got more minutes when Hunter was out, even though the Hawks are a really deep team. I think Hunter, because he's one of the few real solid two-way guys on the Atlanta Hawks, he's going to get all the minutes he can handle. And he showed just the glimpse of being able to do and, and put up the type of resume that would get you most improved consideration. And my other one that's in even longer odds that is on points bet at 100 to 1, Miles Bridges in Charlotte. When he got plenty of minutes at the end of last year, the last 20 games, 35 minutes a game, he averaged 19.8 points, 6.8 boards, 2.8 assists, shot 51, 43, 83. He's a guy that, in the mind you, only one game sample, looking at it but in the first game of the year a lot of the thought and why his odds are probably so long is thinking that pj washington who had a solid year last year would really cannibalize a lot of his minutes bridges is the starter and played 33 minutes in game one so that should only improve bit by bit as the season goes on as long as he keeps playing and shooting the way he has with the athleticism he has the only thing now that's a recent development that could really throw a wrench into that is they were not able to come to a rookie extension, so you can't rule out the possibility that he gets dealt. But if he wasn't really in the Hornets' plans, why would he be starting over a younger guy like P.J. Washington? I did hear that you miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. So be a legend, Rick Camp. Give us Jokic 36-1 to last year. Give us 100-1. to Give us one of these long shots. That would be awesome. 
All right. Good stuff, man. You had a few more minutes to talk some NFL. Absolutely. All right. Stay right there. This is early odds with Joe Ostrowski. My guest, Rick Camp, we just went over some terrific options, NBA futures. If you missed it, make sure you check out the podcast, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, or just use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app. Up next, our favorite plays for week number seven in the NFL. Early Odds, Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. right here on Sports Radio 670. The score, I'm Joe Ostrowski. My guest, Rick Camp, EP of Bernstein and Rahimi, Bulls Radio postgame, NBA player props, 444.com. We're going to get to the NFL week number seven card. The score list on the line is open 24-7, 365, and powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter, and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And you could check out BetQL Daily. Find me uh, weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app. Also, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Rick, we've got to start with Bears, Bucks, Tampa Bay, huge favorites. The number's been floating between 12 and a half, 13 and a half throughout the week. Upper 40s for the total, up at 47, even though the Bears unders keep coming in. Five straight unders coming in Bears games. You have a pretty strong defense, have a very weak offense. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be an under team. Uh, overall, the numbers do not look good for this Bears offense. What they've been able to do over the last couple of weeks is run the football. But those were against bad rushing defenses. And now they're going against maybe the best, second best, one of the best rushing defenses and everybody knows it even smart coaches like bill belichick they don't even try running the football against the bucks that's how good they are with this uh where's your head at with this game betting angles or uh, just overall thoughts uh first it's thinking of matt Nagy being in his office being like finally i can justify not running the ball uh-huh. against this team my initial thought is what you said right off the top is thinking about the under because it, it's such a huge number on the spread but do i trust the bears against a stout run defense to be able to score more than 17 points. Not particularly. Yeah. And, and it's when gotta I be look, a lot more than 17 though, for them yeah. to keep the number close. Exactly. That's why when I look at the spread, like I'm, I definitely like the under 47, but as I look at the spread, it's either Tampa or nothing for me. They're, you're not going to get me betting the bears. So either I'm staying away from that number or I'm going to bet Tampa And especially at 12 and a half, I like that a little bit better than if it's at 13. I still haven't made that decision. I might make that choice right before kickoff, see where it's at. But uh, yeah, definitely under is my strongest thought. I don't love anything in this game. I don't love the side. It's not a teasable number. There's not not much going on. I mean, I guess you can look at Justin Fields because the only way you attack this Tampa Bay defense is is via the air, but what's that going to look like? He's been averaging 165 yards per game. Here we go. Here's Todd Bowles going against a rookie quarterback. I'm not sure how that one's going to end. Well, actually, I am sure, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. Like if, let's say, you want to go over on his passing yards, you're banking on garbage time. You are banking on Tampa getting up early and often and then having the ability to just kind of Todd Bowles kind of laying back a little bit and let's just, you know, let the bears get down the field in 10, 12, 14 plays, whatever it ends up being and just eating a bunch of time and getting closer to that final. And that's probably how Justin Fields would be able to get to that number. So I just don't know if I'm going to touch much of anything in this game, just because it could be so drastic in Tampa's favor that any sort of logical game script kind of just goes out the window. The rest of the NFC North, Minnesota Vikings are on by. 
the Packers are hosting the Washington football team. What's interesting here is this line touched 10 very early in the week, was sitting at nine and a half. Then all of a sudden, midweek, Washington money, Washington money, Washington money. This thing got all the way down to seven and a half. I thought it was pretty appealing with the football team when they were getting nine and a half, when they were getting 10, but seven and a half. If I would have bet Washington early right now, I'd be thinking about going in on the other side and just taking Green Bay at Lambeau Field against a team that can't stop anybody uh, just laying seven and a half. And and they're getting healthier. We've seen Bakhtiari at practice this week, and uh, we'll see how the rest goes. I just do have a tough time backing Green Bay because it feels like they're doing enough to get by until later on in the year when all of their really good players are healthy. Yeah, the only way I would touch Green Bay was if this got under a touchdown, which it won't. So I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, like you mentioned, if you were able to get that early and get that solid middle going, then it seems like a decent spot. But yeah, it just seems like with Green Bay, it comes down to one drive late, no matter really how the game plays out of if they're going to cover or not. And, you know, with Washington, maybe showing just the the slightest bit of life with their defense, maybe that also partially Mm -hmm. makes the number come down a bit here. And they do have talent on that defense, especially up front to where you can't rule out something just clicking or Chase Young having one of those games to where just don't trust it quite enough to really go with either side at this point, because I could see it playing out either way with the number as it currently sits at seven and a half. It's a great Green Bay teaser leg. Mm-hmm. Great Green Bay teaser leg. Get that inside of a field goal at Lambeau Field against a terrible defense. One more NFC North game on the day. I don't recall ever laying more than two touchdowns in the <laughs> NFL. I'm considering doing that this week with yeah. Lions, Rams sitting around 15, 15 and a half. I can't argue it. I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate revenge spot. Is it Stafford mad at the Lions or is it Goff mad at the Rams? Oh, no. You know who's more upset than either of those guys? Sean McVay after dealing with Jared Goff. Isn't he just going to lay it on the Lions? They have the worst secondary in the NFL. And offensively, this Rams team with Stafford, brand new offense, number one in passing yards per attempt, number two in yards per play, number two in pass DVOA, number two explosive pass rate, number two pass success rate, number three offensive DVOA. This thing is blowout written all over it. Now, unfortunately, when you have an outsized number like this, there's always that backdoor potential. But Rick, I can't believe... I'm saying this on the air, but I'm considering laying the 15, 15 and a half with the Rams. Yeah. And when you're talking about the revenge factor, you didn't even mention uh, the the most prominent one this week, at least in in terms of the media, which is uh, your guy, Dan Campbell versus own quarterback, Jared Goff. So like, yeah, right. That's that's, that's the whole other thing too. call. Yeah. Call them out. It's like, what did you think you were getting? There's a reason when you traded away your quarterback, you had, you got two first round picks along with, Jared Goff, because Jared Goff isn't near as good. I'm kind of with you. I, I really hate that I'm tempted to lay all these points because right. Detroit Detroit has at least been able to, you know, make you sweat a little bit this year. In the back of my mind is still sitting that 49ers game where you thought it was in the bag and then just all the garbage time happens and they end up getting it right there. But that game was at Ford Field. This one is not. So 
Yeah. I really think Matthew Stafford's going to want to lay it on them and throw for at least 400 yards. So I, I think I might be with you. I know the Bengals lost to the Bears and Joe Burrow had those three interceptions, but Cincinnati is really good. Are they Ravens good? No, but they're really good. And we're going to find out if they're for real this Sunday. I can't wait to watch this game. Maybe the best game on the board, even though it's a point spread of six and a half points. I'm going to take the points. Give me Cincinnati getting nearly a touchdown at Baltimore. This was the spot when Joe Burrow uh, got his tail kicked in last year. A QBR of 4.2. Big mismatch with the head coach. I get all that, but I think this is a good spot for uh, Baltimore to regress a hair, even though I believe they're certainly a top five team, maybe a top three team in the league right now. This Bengals defense very underrated. They're top five, top six in most categories. And the connection we see Burrow to Chase, it's remarkable. So I'm going to take all those points at plus six and a half. And if Cincinnati pulls off the upset, they're in first place. I was going to say, you're going to sprinkle money line. I'm, I'm looking at plus 225 for the Bengals. Well, if I believe that, I'll, I'll sprinkle some at 10 to one for them to win in North. Cleveland has True. all these injuries. But I, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I really believe in the Ravens here, but mm-hmm. I mean, six and a half, I'll, I'll take it in this divisional matchup. Yeah, that's fair. I, I cannot wait to watch that game because I also find Baltimore funny because the beginning of the year was, okay, we'll look at this, the stable of backs. Well, running backs aren't going to impact the spread at all. Just the fact of how they've gone from these dynamic possible running backs to, I mean, just the old folks home of running backs is in the Baltimore running back room right now. And they're still able to get by because Lamar Jackson has been so good. And I love that he's actually getting the MVP conversation that he Mm -hmm. does deserve, even if he's, you know, not the favorite or anything at the moment, just think about what he's working with. And the fact that he's been able to make it work so far is really impressive. Right. So in the circa million, we went four and one last week a mark of 21 and nine back on track. So I'm hoping for another winning week. Here's some that are under consideration and I'll tweet out later today. uh, The official five picks that we go with. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. New handle folks at Joe Ostrowski. Yeah, we're getting stuff done at Joe Ostrowski. (laughs) I'm thinking about the saints. They're laying four and a half at Seattle against Geno Smith. Gino looked good in the second half against that stout Steelers defense, but New Orleans is a really good defense too. And Sean Payton's coming off the bye. I might just go with the better coach and you can score on that Seahawks defense. This has not been Roethlisberger. I mean, Jameis has his faults, but he's certainly better. Uh, the Cardinals are favored by 17 and a half. Okay. I don't like Davis Mills, but I'm getting 17 and a half points in what could be a bit of a letdown spot because uh, the Cardinals have a bunch of big games coming up after just beating three playoff teams. So I might take those 17 and a half. And, you know, after not covering so many games, it feels like we're getting some value with the Chiefs. It's four and a half against the Titans. Any thoughts on any of those? I'm glad that you mentioned New Orleans because I had them written down. Another thing to mention for them, their offensive line is getting healthier. Teron Armstead, Eric McCoy progressing towards coming back. Those are two huge additions to that offensive line. If they're able to make them this week, there are some of those giant numbers that I just don't know. Be careful. Yeah. I don't know if I can lay them this week. I'm kind of with you on Houston, but I hate myself for it at the moment. So I haven't decided yet if I'm going to put that in, but that's definitely a game where Arizona for survivor 
But if we're talking the number, Houston or stay mm-hmm. away. Let me throw this warning out there for the early odds audience. The public has crushed the book the last two weeks. When we get to three weeks, that doesn't happen a whole lot. And a lot of these big numbers you see, they're all inflated because the public keeps on winning with favorites. So they're going to keep betting the favorites. So the books know that no matter how large they make these numbers, it doesn't matter. People are going to bet into them. So be careful. I don't know if it's this week or next week, but but that's not going to last long. I've been keeping an eye on that too. So I'm trying to really tread lightly this week. I, I just feels like there's something brewing. So I need to be absolutely sure of anything that I'm putting in outside of, you know, contest picks where you just have to get to, yep. you know, get to five picks outside of that. I'm going to be really cautious this week, especially in terms of my sides and totals. Rick, thank you so much for your help on those NBA futures and looking at week seven in the NFL. Let's make some money, man. That is Rick Camp on Twitter at Rick C. Camp, brand new executive producer of Bernstein and Rahimi, 9 a.m. to noon right here on The Score, does Bulls Radio postgame, also writes up a bunch of NBA player props, so he's always working a ton of great content there. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Coming up next, Jim Miller drops by. There's a special going on points bet for Sunday night football, and we always talk survivor plays. That is next. Thanks for hanging out this Saturday morning. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early odds with you. I'm Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670 The Score. We've been taking a deep dive into NBA futures, getting you set for the rest of week number seven as far as the betting perspective in the National Football League. Over at PointsBet, they are giving you the chance to bet risk-free tomorrow night. Place your bet on Indianapolis versus San Francisco if your bet loses, you will receive a free bet refund up to 20 bucks in free bets. We bring in weekly contributor from PointsBet from Hawthorne Racecourse. His name is Jim Miller. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Joe. And it's an interesting Sunday night game. I mean, the Niners last I saw were four-point favorites there. You can go a few different ways in that spot, so it might be worth jumping on that $20 risk-free wager. It is. It's, it's an interesting spot because we're living in a world where I don't want to say that Carson Wentz was looking like his almost MVP season. He's looking a lot better. Now he's back with Frank Reich. It looks like uh, his offensive line is getting healthier. And on the other side, you've got Shanahan, who does not have a lot of success as a significant favorite, which he is this weekend. And they're coming off the bye. So extra prep time uh, for them. Anything else on your mind as far as the NFL, in addition to uh, no juice over at points, but. Yeah, it's really interesting here, Joe, because you look at it, a lot of these weeks for the NFL season, we've talked a lot of Survivor, you're limited on really what your options were. You look this week, there's multiple games that are are not only double-digit favorites, you have a lot of games where you're still looking, say, seven, eight points, eight and a half, that type of thing. This looks like it could be one of those weeks, and we say it time and again, where either everyone's going to survive or something crazy is going to happen. I tend to wonder if just everyone survives past this week. So the public has been killing it over the last couple of weeks. At noon last week, those seven games, favorites go 7-0 and against the spread. All these teasers are hitting. A lot of your money line parlays are coming through because those big favorites are not losing. Is it going to happen three consecutive weeks? That's what I'm considering. So Survivor's been safe for a couple of weeks. Uh, the favorites have been safe so far. Can we make a case? Well, there's five games with point spreads of at least a touchdown, yep. but three of them, starting with the Bears-Bucks game, are into double digits. 
We've got the Cardinals favored by more than 17 against the Texans. Rams favored by more than two touchdowns against the Lions. Oh, the old revenge game. Is it McVay's revenge, Stafford's revenge against the Lions, or Goff against the Rams? A lot of fun storylines there. And speaking of fun storylines, it's Tom Brady looking for some revenge against the Bears after getting embarrassed last year, Thursday night football. People still bringing up the memes of five downs. And let's start with that one, Joe, because you, you look at that line, you know, they actually opened up close to two touchdowns. Last I saw it was down around like 12 and a half, which was a little surprising to me because you're looking at the struggles the Bears have had. You're looking at some of the struggles they've had offensively. They're not even getting 300 offensive yards a game and Justin Fields starts on average. So that's one thing you have to concern yourself with. You've had your injuries in the backfield with David Montgomery out. You have Allen Robinson, who I don't think is very happy right now and a really good Bucks defense. So you have that on the one side. On the other side of the football, the Bucs have so many incredible weapons. And then you just throw Tom Brady out there trying to find any type of a reason. It's almost like when you'd see Michael Jordan with the Bulls trying to find any type of a reason to just get himself pumped up. Well, you have the memes. You have the fifth down, all that kind of stuff. I'm worried for the beloved Bears this week. I, I think they're going to take it on the chin in that game. Yeah, sometimes we go too far with these revenge angles. I mean, if you're really hunting for one, you could probably find one in every single game, every single week, since there is so much movement in the NFL. But this is one that uh, does concern me. Jalen Johnson's had a terrific season, but they have so many weapons on the outside, even dealing with a couple of the injuries on offense. And if we're going to come up with one strength for this Bears offense, it's been the run game. I wonder if it's matchup based because the last couple weeks, Packers and Raiders going in, you know, they can't stop the run. So is that the reason the Bears were more run oriented? In addition to Matt Nagy, no longer calling the plays. Because if that's their strength, you play to your strengths, right? But should you do that when that's the Bucks' number one strength? They can't defend the pass. They have everyone beat up in that secondary. That's how you have to attack them. So if the Bears want a chance at winning this game, it's going to be on the kid, on number one, Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't know if he can handle it yet. That's the one thing that I think he still has to prove. And we've watched it week in and week out. It almost seems like he's had a little bit of a tendency of trying to pick up that first option. And if options one isn't there, it's a matter of working through those progressions. And we're going to find out this week if he's at that point or not. Maybe he is. Maybe can, he continues to progress, but maybe not. And you mentioned on the defensive end of things, Jalen Johnson, okay, he shadowed Devontae Adams last week. Well, who do you pick this week? Is it Mike Evans? Is it Chris Godwin? Is it Antonio Brown? What, what mm-hmm. route do you go? Because it means if he's got one, there's two others going to be streaking around against guys who aren't nearly as good. It just concerns me that if the Bears get the ball first, and can slow it down and maybe put points on the board, they can keep it around. If you're the Bucks and you win the toss, maybe you just take the ball, try to put seven on the board and put it away early. If available in your survivor pools, the Rams are my favorite, but I know a lot of people use them against Andy Dalton in week number one. Yep. They were also an option last week against the Giants, so maybe you've used them up. Uh, I really like the Rams in this spot. I think McVay is going to want to lay it on Goff. Uh, Cardinals, 17 and a half. I mean, how is that possibly a bad play? And... Tampa's a good option. However, if you look down the road, there are a lot of times that you could use the Bucks. Yeah, and the Bucks, and that's the thing, and you have to look down the road because we've talked about these survivor plays, Joe. You can't use a team more than once, and because of that, you have to look for matchups in weeks down the road because everybody, the vast majority of your pool is going to progress beyond this week. They're probably going to progress beyond next week. You're looking at a Kansas City Giants matchup next week where a lot of people are going to be on and continue to go forward. But then you're starting to get to those points 
where people have used those top nine, 10 teams in the NFL, and it makes it a little bit tougher to try to find these matchups. So you're right. Do you play a week where you try to save a team and then move forward? Tampa might be that team to save. For me, Arizona was the play this week just because I don't know if they can cover, but they're going to win, and then you just kind of move forward. Why not use them when you know that Kyler Murray is going to be healthy? They have a lot of tough division games uh, looking ahead in the season. Green Bay favored by seven and a half. New England favored by a touchdown. Wouldn't surprise me if one of those loses. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if one of those loses. And the thing is, Green Bay, you have to figure just because of the veteran leadership with Rodgers, with Devontae Adams and that, they're going to be okay. New England is kind of your wild card because, like you said, they're a Mm -hmm. touchdown favorite. But when you have a rookie quarterback, you never truly know if a guy's still going to have an off game, still just going to have that bump in the road. That could be the one game that scares me a little bit this week from a survivor end. Rookie quarterbacks on both sides. The Jets are coming off the bye. Zach Wilson horrendous last time going against Belichick zero touchdowns four interceptions it won't be that bad again but we don't know that it'll be good enough for them to pull off the victory uh Jim what do we have for the horses today so local racing hit Hawthorne on Saturday we got a couple of stakes races on the turf which is great to see so we'll start out in race number four the Illini Princess Stakes but the one horse Bramble Queen to win then in race six the Hawthorne Derby but the two Last Samurai across the board, and then in race eight, we'll bet the three Jolina to win in place. All horses that I think can win and make us some money. Weekly contributor Jim Miller here on Early Odds. Jim, best of luck to you this weekend. Hope you stay alive in all your Survivor contests as well, and uh, we'll do this again next week, all right? That's right. Survive in advance, my friend. Hope the same for all of you, the Early Odds crew. If you missed it earlier in the hour, you want to go back and listen to Rick Camp's favorite NBA futures bets Made you some serious dough if you listened to him on Early Odds last season. The Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast and the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app. That's how you can check it out. Catch me weekdays on the BetQL Network, 8 to 11 a.m. via 105.9 FM HD2. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL, Odyssey app, or the BetQL Daily Podcast. All the links posted on my Twitter feed, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. The World Series begins on Tuesday, and inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw, here next to discuss. Cash some tickets this weekend and keep it locked, here on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 